descriptions of acts of violence or of a sexual nature and are for people that are 18 years or older heed my warning people hello everybody and welcome to this episode of real life real crime the podcast and i'm woody overton your host today is the second of our hotline episodes which our patron members have access to a secret hotline number if you will and they can call in and ask anything or say anything that they want to and that's what we're going to be doing here in just a second but first i want to give a shout out to all of our fans i love you so very much our numbers are climbing it's crazy crazy good over thirty-eight thousand as of this morning and in over 80 countries, that's eight zero countries in the world, y'all. So you're killing it. We love you and appreciate you so very much. Join our private fan page on Facebook if you haven't already. If you like Real Life Real Crime, the podcast, then you need to join this private group. It's called Real Life Real Crime. Thank friends, fans, and crew k-r-e-w-e and there's so much interaction amongst our fans and we post additional bonus material for episodes etc so check it out we have the dream team moderators if you're not a member just send us a request to be added and we'll get you processed through so you can enjoy it and if you're not a patron member and you want to become one y'all hit the button and look it up and there's different tier levels and different bonuses if you will for the patron members so just check it out if you're not a patron member and and don't want to become one that's cool too still love you you're still going to get your free friday episode every friday as long as i'm breathing and we're doing this as long as you're listening and i'm breathing you get your friday episode so that it's it's important to us please keep liking and sharing with other people y'all are making us grow so fast and i love it I love watching the numbers. It gets me excited and it makes it all worthwhile, the effort and time that we put into the podcast. So with that, we're going to get started with our first question on the hotline episode. And our first question comes from... Hey, Woody and Cindy, Sam from Dallas here. I'm curious about how you got your start in law enforcement. Like, was it something that you always knew that you wanted to do? Um, 
or did you go to school? And if so, what did you, like college or whatever, what did you study? Uh, you know, just how you got your, how, that, how you got on that path. Thanks. Bye. Okay, so that's Sam from Dallas, who is an awesome supporter of the show and a friend of the show and patron member. Thank you, Sam. And I absolutely always wanted to be a cop. Originally, I wanted to do federal law enforcement, and I ended up staying local. Everything happens for a reason, right? So, But I studied criminal justice in college, Sam. That was the curriculum. And then I graduated from the LSU Basic Law Enforcement Academy, then went to many, many different schools for law enforcement as I progressed through my career. But yep, I always wanted to be a cop. I have a family full of lawyers. My mother is a lawyer. My father was a lawyer. Both of my grandfathers, one of them was a judge. The other one was a district attorney or the longest running district attorney in the state of Louisiana um, before he retired. And uh, one of my grandmothers was a lawyer. My two older brothers are lawyers. My older sister's a lawyer. And my baby sister is a judge. So family, and all my aunts and stuff, all of my lawyers, whole family full of lawyers. And I just couldn't see myself sitting behind the same desk every day doing the same stuff. I, you know, I always want to be a cop and that's what I did. And it's been awesome. So our next question comes from Christine in California. And Christine is a patron member and a dream team member. And we love her so very much. And so let's hear from her. Hi, Woody. It's Christine in California. How are you? I'm just calling to ask you a question about um, interrogating. Do you have a question? I mean, do you have an episode? about a really interesting or crazy interrogation. I would really like to hear that. And I love your podcast, and you're wonderful. And love you, and Cindy. Bye. Okay, y'all. So, Christine, um, I have a lot of really good uh, interrogations, and but one that really sticks out in my mind uh, is going to be probably have to be a season because it's a really, really big case and um, it's still really politically sensitive uh, where I'm from, but I'm I'm thinking that I'm going to start that series next week, but you're going to need to listen to it, Christine, because I had to pull every trick in the, in the world to try to get this guy to confess, but he was stone cold killer and just psychopathic no emotions etc but i mean i went i went way outside the box on some of the, the the things that i did to try to get him to uh confess so i'll let you know christine i'm sending you a message uh, when i start that series and because i haven't named it yet but i'll let you know and i promise you I, I doubt that anyone in the history of law enforcement ever used all the tactics I use on this guy. So I'll send you a message, Christine, to let you know uh, when it's coming up. Thanks. Okay, y'all, our next question is from 
another great patron member and friend of the show. Let's hear it. Hey, Woody. It's Amy from 1096 Crime I'm not sure if you've had this question before, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. If there was one case that was unsolved anywhere in the world that you could find the answer to, what would it be? I can't decide if mine would be Jean Benet Ramsey or Brandon Lawson, so I'm kind of interested in what you have. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. Okay, y'all, that was Amy Derrick, who's the co-host of 1096 Crime Chicks. As y'all know, we've done some cross promos with them, and we love them. Um, Amy, I've got to tell you that the very first homicide school I went to, we actually studied the Jean uh, Benet Ramsey case in depth. And we studied everything from the letters and the pronouns uh, that were used and the different things. And this is before all these recent series and special episodes came up on the case. And I want to know, I think I already know, I'm almost positive I know who did it. But I would like to know for sure. And I would like to have gone back and been able to work that case myself fresh from the get-go. Just too much bad stuff and that beautiful little girl. And I do not believe it was a stranger who popped in in the middle of the night and all these other uh, theories, conspiracy theories they have, etc. I absolutely 1000% believe it was a family member and that they're all covering it up. Um, so that's it. And maybe I'll do a little short mini episode on that at a later date. It's a great question, Amy. Thank you. We appreciate you. Okay, our next question comes from another super fan and friend of the show and Dream Team member, Miss Jenny from California. Here we go. Hello, Woody Overton. It's Jenny in California, and I have a question for you. If you were going to be a contestant on a Food Network show, would it be, would you be a contestant on The Worst Cooks in America, or would you be on America's Next Top Chef? Just wondering, oh, and uh, one more question. What's worse than a big, hungry alligator chasing you? Two big, hungry alligators chasing you. Good night, guys. Peace out. Jenny always cracks me up. Uh, the last Hotline episode, she told a funny joke also. You know, I'll tell you what's worse than one or two alligators chasing you, and that's if either one of them catches you, right? So I appreciate that. And Jenny, you must have forgotten I'm from South Louisiana and food is a way of life for us. So I would absolutely be the next top chef. I have a 1,000 square foot outdoor screened in kitchen and I love to cook. And if y'all ever get down to South Louisiana and we come to the house, you can stay. We have plenty of room. We'll cook up some really great stuff for you, right? 
And my wife says, if I don't catch it, kill it, or clean it, we don't eat it. Love, love, love to cook. Maybe I should do a cooking video this Saturday, like we've been doing a live Facebook stuff. Maybe we'll go live from the outdoor kitchen. We'll see. Thank you, Jenny. Love you. And our next question comes from the land down under. Let's give it a listen. Uh, hello, my name is Shana. I live in Perth, Western Australia. And my question for Woody is, are there any crimes that you really don't like having to arrest people or cite people for? Thank you. Okay, Shauna, that's a good one. I never liked writing speeding tickets or tickets, period, right? I just didn't like it. I'm not saying that there's not a place for it, but, you know, I just I just didn't like it. And although I stopped more vehicles than anybody else, I was usually looking for bad guys or dope or whatever. But speeding, unless they were just like going, you know, 100 miles an hour or something like that, a kid being reckless. Um, and the kids, even generally, I wouldn't write them. I would call their parents out because the parents are going to be the ones getting punished ultimately because, you know, a 16-year-old didn't have a job and the parents' insurance is going to go up and stuff like that. So I even on those, I would try to call the parents out and let them deal justice to their kid. But if you were such an asshole to me that I had to write you a ticket, then I just fucking took you to jail. So a, a ticket is just as good as an arrest, the signature on the ticket that is required for the offender to be released is not an admission of guilt. It's just saying that that person is going to show up in court on such and such date. So basically by signing the tickets, they're being released on their own recognizance. But I didn't like it. Um, I guess because I'm a little bit heavy footed myself in a speed and DWIs. I didn't like, writing those not because i approve of them but because they took so much time in driving while intoxicated y'all and in other states is dui or driving under the influence but you're looking at like three hours of paperwork for a misdemeanor so normally i would call whatever trooper was on duty locally in the area and give it to them that's all they did were accidents tickets and dwis so I, I always had them on speed dial and i'd call them up and give them a gift wrap package but that's it tickets and accidents and dwis so thank you shauna and so our super fan jenny knock knock who's there all of you all of you hi guys jenny in california Calling to say I'm so happy to be part of this group, 716 members and growing. That's fantastic. And it was kind of cool to hear your voice on there, Woody. So you guys are someone special, too. Looking forward to uh, future episodes. And come on Friday. Peace out. Okay, thank you, Jenny. And y'all, um, what Jenny's talking about is that private Facebook page, which is real life, real crime, fans, friends, and crew, K-R-E-W-E. And it was started by uh, Rachel Franzen, or Rachel from Alaska, about the first week of March. And here we are, 
two months later or not even two months later and we're over 700 members if you're not a member send us a request and the dream team moderators get you approved and i'm telling you you're gonna love it we have really cool stuff and great members thank you jenny and speaking of that that reminds me that rachel franzen sent me a message last night and her question is what percentage of crimes do I believe are initiated by someone who is using alcohol or drugs? And y'all, that's a really good question. And I would, I'm telling you, I would say 95 plus percent of all crimes are initiated by drug use or alcohol use. And so let's talk about it real quick. Just in the episodes that we've done, on Double Clutch, David and Christina Constance. Alcohol really doesn't play a factor in that one. That's a rarity or drugs. And the second one, trust no one, definitely alcohol and drugs play a factor in that homicide. Christopher Pell, episode three, uh, to death do us part. No, again, that's a rarity. There was no alcohol drug use listed in that one at all. And then... Gerald Bordelon, same thing. <laughs> I guess I guess I've been doing episodes that really don't apply with the drugs or alcohol and but think about it. All your burglaries or thefts, all that, almost ninety nine percent of those are done because people are trying to continue to feed their addiction. But obviously, like on Catch You Later, the last episode we dropped, you know, crack it, and drugs play a major part in that homicide. So, you know, your robberies, almost all robberies, 99%, and unless they're done by a professional crew strictly for monetary gain, I mean, and we're talking about true pros, right? Like hitting uh, diamond stores and stuff like that, not gangbangers. But almost all robberies, thefts, burglaries, and domestic violence crimes like in Overkill, both the victim and the attacker and that one were recovering drug addicts, et cetera. And I believe that Rhonda Lambert told one of our dream team moderators who was a matron of the jail at the time that the victim had stolen her narcotics was part of the reason that she killed him. Even the domestic violence calls, almost all of them start with the drinking that you have vehicular homicides almost all of them involve drinking i mean i'm just i don't know of many crimes honestly that just don't have some start some way in alcohol or drug abuse or overuse that's my opinion now yeah i just can't i can't think of any i mean certainly there there are sex offenders and people like that that don't have to have alcohol or whatever drugs to do it but any thefts or robberies or domestic violence and just about anything you can think of you can tie it back to drug use in some way so thank you rachel from alaska and y'all with that i'm gonna end this episode of real life real crime the hotline and we'd like to throw these out uh, once we get several questions in and we may do one weekly or every two weeks or whatever. So patron members and a lot of y'all 
didn't get questions in this time when that's cool. I had enough to do an episode and just wanted to throw it out there as, as a bonus for everybody to get to listen to. And we appreciate you taking the time to call in or text in your questions and love each and every one of you. And like I said, y'all in the beginning, over 38,000 downloads in 80 countries today, over 700 members in our private Facebook page and love you. And please keep liking and sharing and telling people if you like it. And Hey, if you don't like it, send me a message. And I love the constructive criticism and we have made, Lots of improvements, and then it, and we'll continue to do so. We'll always strive to continue to bring you better content, editing, information, whatever. So, if you have a complaint or a bitch or a gripe, send it to me. And if you want to say something good, send that also. Uh, but we appreciate you, and please keep liking and sharing. And thank you for taking the time. And I appreciate you listening. Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And don't let me catch you down on Murder Bayou.